All right, it's time for you to see how easy it is to take these guys' money. Are you threatening me? Let's get to their picks on BZ Money. He's Blank on Branham. It's time for BZ Money, everybody's favorite segment, because we hand out winners on BZ Money. At least one game we, we get right each and every week. Uh, last week, we were one in three, but we gave you a winner. We gave you a winner. Uh, we didn't have the uh, the best success last week. We were one in three, but we only lost $65. We're still up $645 on the year. Mr. Gal uh, gave us a $1,000 bankroll. We have it north of 1600 so, we've had a pretty good season. We've had a winning season. You win any money uh, betting on football, you've had a good season. All right, let's start with Cleveland at Houston. This is a weird one because there's six games, et cetera, et cetera. So, we're just going to kind of workshop all six of these games. I don't like betting on the Texans ever. I don't like I, – I fade all of their games. I'll play totals every now and then when it comes to, to the Texans. But the Texans are a two-point home dog. The total in this game, 44 and a half. How are you guys feeling about this one way or the other? I can tell you right now how I'm feeling about it, and that is if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which yeah. means I'm going to be pro-Houston. I'm going to tell you that Houston's the pick. I'm going to tell you that I like Houston in this game getting two points, and I fully expect that one, if not in this case, both of you disagree with me. Yeah, we've uh, the last two weeks, Blankers has picked the Texans to, to win at the number, and we were like, no, we don't like playing it. We don't like playing the Texans, and the Texans have won. So because of that thing, no, no, I don't like betting Texans. Uh-uh. I don't want to. St- I want to stay away from this game. Yeah, I'm not betting on a away. rookie quarterback in the yeah. NFL in his stay first away. playoff game. Come well on. played. Well played. No, no, we're not it's, playing that. It's elite no. Joe Flacco. It's elite Flacco. Uh, Forty-four and a half is the total. You, you want to dabble with the total at all? Say, are we doing totals here too? I'm, I'm interested. I see it on the on the BZ money possibilities. Not? I think I bet- it's going over. I bet three games this week against the spread. I bet three games with the total. So because we have six games, I think I'm intrigued by it. And since we're going game by game, I, like- I actually think I think it goes under. Do you? Yeah, I do. Like, how's it getting over? Twenty four twenty games still under. Like, what yeah. do you th- what do you think the score is in this game? I I think the Texans. I think the Texans are going to put up twenty four to twenty seven points. Okay, how many are the Browns going to score? Seven, eh, seventeen to twenty. So you're right. You should go under. <laughs> All right, we're taking the under. Is that, is that what we're doing now? Or are we passing? How do you feel about this one? Uh, I'm on the under, too. I, I, I think, think I think it's a good game. I don't think it's very high scoring. Should we avoid it to try to yeah, let's keep avoid up it. the theory? Yeah, or should we play smart. it here? No, let's avoid it. Risk it. Let's just, yeah, we're, doing, we're making a sacrifice to the fan base here by avoiding this game. But, you know, it sounds like we like the under on it. All right, Miami at Kansas City. Arrowhead. Kansas City's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The weather is going to be insane. Uh, the you can get tickets right now, there. I know a diehard Chiefs fan. It's like I could go for thirty five dollars, but I ain't sniffing it. I, I saw somebody do like the secondary prices of like the seat maps, and it looks like seventy percent of the stadium has their tickets for sale. So I'm intrigued to see this game. I'm intrigued to see the turnout. I think Taylor Swift's going to be there, which is always great for the Chiefs. Uh, four and a half points. Chiefs are favored. How do you feel about this one? I think it's a tight game. I think the weather plays into it. I think Kansas City's got more experience. I think it's an advantage for the Chiefs. Four and a half, I, I, I don't like that number. I like the under on the total. And and if I had to go one way or the other on this game, I think Kansas – I like Kansas City. Um, I don't like the, sp- the spread at all. I don't like playing the spread because I, I think it's going to be a tight game. 
because of the weather. I think the weather is going to hurt both teams, uh, not one in like in particular. Uh, I have this as a 17-13 game because I think the weather is going to impact it that much. Like two good offensive teams, Kansas City a little bit disappointing, but still a good offensive team. Miami at their best, the best offensive team. I just I think with the weather, it's just going to kill all sorts of offenses. Also, like when these teams are good offensively, they usually eat the clock pretty good unless Tyree Kill goes off for like an 80-yard score. Uh, I, the under to me is the only thing I like in this game, and it's weird how it's still at 43 and a half. Like that's still I decently agree. high for a weather game that we're expecting. I think it's because it's not supposed to be like awful snow and wind. The like wind is big. Bump. Like the wind's there, but like they're going to run the ball a lot. To be honest, I like Miami plus four and a half in this game. Ooh. Um, you I think they went out right. I think they do. I'm going I'm to call my shot. Uh, I think Miami wins outright. I think because of the weather. To me, it's so cold, it doesn't benefit Kansas City. It, it, it goes to the extreme where it benefits nobody. I think most are an A-chan will be fine running the ball, and they'll be more effective than Pacheco. But I do think it's an under game, 43-and-a-half. So it sounds like that's what we're doing. Yeah, let's do the under. What do you guys want to go on? The high tomorrow seven, the 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 lowest minus 11. Valdez Scantling does have the hands the size of a small gerbil, but he he actually has played in Green Bay for a lot of years, so he's had experience. And this in might the be snow. one of the coldest games in NFL history. Yeah, like, one of the top four or five. Yeah, I, like the, I don't like playing the, 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 the spread here. I'm cool with the under bet, if y'all are. How much? Yeah, I am. 35, 30, 30, 35? 30. Let's go 30. 30. All right, $30. Uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo is the next game. This is another crazy win game, or weather game. Buffalo's favored by 10 at home against the Steelers. The total is at 35 and a half. Blank, man. I like Buffalo in this game. I like Buffalo to win. I don't like a, a double-digit spread in uh, unbelievably bad football conditions and snow and that wind. I just That scares me to, to take a double-digit win. For that reason, I'm all about consider. If we're going to pick the game itself and the spread, I'm all about considering Pittsburgh to cover because I think ten's too big of a number. This one's interesting to me because it's a huge spread, like you mentioned, and it's a low total. Like I'm always kind of like that always catches my attention. You have a 35 and a half point total, and you have a team favored by ten. Like there's not a lot of wiggle room in the middle. Uh, I think the play is Pittsburgh plus 10. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think both teams are going to struggle moving the football. It sinks that Watts out, stuff like that. Uh, Tomlin, I think, is a better coach than McDermott. You know, I, I don't hate McDermott. Josh Allen in the snow. How many times is he going to turn the football over? I think Buffalo wins, but I think the Steelers keep it within 10. I agree. I think Pittsburgh, you know, Najee Harris, feel like he's run the ball a little bit better the last couple weeks between him and Jalen Warren. I think they can run the ball effectively against Buffalo. So I like Pittsburgh plus 10 as well. How All much? right, how we feel about it? Thirty. Okay, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Yep. Cool with that one. Next one is uh, Blankers Packers against uh, Dre's Arlington Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by seven, seven against the Packers. Total was pretty high, fifty-five and a half. But they're playing inside, and the offense is Dallas is really good. Packers are pretty good. Uh, how are you feeling about this one, Blank Man? Uh, I, of course, don't like the Packers in this game. I, I think seven's a big number, though. I was a little shocked. It started at seven and a half. It's now at seven. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't know that Dallas is going to win, but they're, you know, they're 8-0 at home. They play, they put a ton of points on the board. Now that's skewed a little bit by the first two games of the, uh, the home schedule this year were huge blowouts. I think Dallas wins. The only question is, do they cover? Um, yeah, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, and you know me and my Packer predictions anyway, but I, I, my gut feeling says Packers lose, but they cover. 
Okay, I'm uh, I'm on the Dallas side of this. I think that the Cowboys. It, this is fat. This is a fascinating game to me though, because we're like hearing reports from Todd or rumors from Adam Schefter that there are, there's a team that hasn't fired their coach that is very intrigued by Bill Belichick. There's been a lot of innuendo that perhaps Mike McCarthy's coaching for his job on Sunday, which is crazy to me. They won 12 games, they won the division, they finished second in the NFC, and Mike McCarthy might be coaching for his job on Sunday. Didn't it, Jerry do an interview where he didn't, like, shut the door on it? On Monday. They, and yeah, they and they got to win some games? That's, that's he, said, he said they're going to go game by game. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they lose, they're hiring Belichick. I think so, it's too. Wild. I'm, but I, the, I, I'm going Packers plus seven. See, I'm on the Dallas side of it, and I don't like the uh, I don't like the total either. Like it's too high for me. Uh, I feel like it's going to be close to that. Like I, I'm predicting the Cowboys to win this one, 34 to 17. Like that's still under. I had it but 20, it's not under where it's comfortable. Yeah, I had it either 27 17 or 27 21 Cowboys. So well, you're you're well under then. Yeah. I don't like the total at all. If I were to play a single thing in this game, which I did, it would be Dallas minus seven. I think we stay away from it. Yeah, we'll stay away, but I'm just going to roll into what I did yesterday and just become the resident hater on this show since I accused of it. Uh, In his last eight games, Jordan Love has thrown 18 touchdowns and one interception. Green Bay is going to cover and keep it close versus the Cowboys. Okay. If not win and ruin Mike McCarthy's life. And maybe which, blankers. Which both of those are pretty good uh, outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a win-win for us, Joe. Yeah. So I guess we're <laughs> passing on it, but. Sounds like we're passing on it. Put, make a note there of your, your hard prediction, though. I like how strong that stance was. I disagree with it, but I like how strong it was. Uh, the next one's going to be intriguing with us. I need to text Brendan. Uh, Rams are going to Detroit. The Lions are favored by just three points. Stafford, the prodigal son, returning home. How are we feeling about this one? I like the Rams in this game. I, I, obviously, the the juiciness is Stafford going back to Detroit. But just realistically, the Rams are playing good football right now. And, you know, they've got a great combination of getting a ton of contributions from their young guys. But they still have Aaron Donald on defense. They still have some guys that can make plays. And then on offense, they seem to be fairly healthy. And with Stafford staying upright, and if he's healthy, throwing to Cooper Cup, throwing to Puka, Throwing to the guys that he can get the ball to and knowing he's got a little extra juice. I like the Rams getting three points here. I like this one, too. I like the Rams getting three points. I think they're going to win outright. I also, I like the under. Like, both of these offenses are good and capable of being really good. But they're also offenses that eat up a lot of time. So even if they have these long, sustained touchdown drives, that's eating into the game and it's limiting the amount of possessions. Like I don't think this is going to be a game that has a bunch of possessions on either side. And if you don't have a bunch of possessions on either side, it's tough to get to the number. So I like the Rams plus three, and I like the under. I, I, I agree with you on the under as well. Oh, I'm definitely all over the Rams plus three. I was on the over, so we can play both. Um, I, we feel stronger about Rams plus three. So For is this sure. 40? We're unanimous on it. Yeah, I'm good Scare on 40. Money don't yep. make money. Yep. How about 40 on the plus three. Rams plus three, and then maybe 20 on the under? I'm good with that. Okay. All right. There we go. Final game of the weekend. Philadelphia on the – Philadelphia's lousy. Playing terrible. They're on the road against Tampa. Tampa's getting three points, a total of 43 and a half. Man, there is so much to hate about Philly. But the fact is, is you know, and, I, and I've, I've been riding out the last couple of weeks – Looking at these games, going at some point, Philly has got to break out of this. They're just too talented. I mean, obviously, it's now or never. I just don't believe in Tampa Bay. I, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. 
I know Hurts, they're saying, has been dinged up and he's got a finger issue, but I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine. This A.J. Brown stuff doesn't make me feel good. I just think the Eagles are going to win by a touchdown. See, I think even without A.J. Brown that they have plenty of firepower. Uh-huh. Like their, their roster is just so much better than Tampa Bay. And I think that the Eagles, like at least for a weekend, are going to kind of flip the switch. Like they're, they're just too good. I feel like the number is too small here, really. Like maybe it's foolish on our part, but everybody's talking poorly of the Eagles. Hurts is banged up. A.J. Brown, like maybe not play. Uh, but I still think the Eagles win this game comfortably. Like yeah. I'm on the Eagles side of that. I didn't play the uh, the total uh, in this one, which is at 43 and a half. I predicted an Eagle 27-17 win, so it's right at that number. So you had them at 10, I had them at seven. Yeah, and I have yeah. So we both have the Eagles covering, and then we don't have. Uh, I, I didn't play the total. I didn't, I, I didn't. Joe, what do you got? Something about dogs this week, man. I'm taking every dog. The Bucks. Every dog. I'm taking the Bucks. I don't know what it is. Man. I can't explain well, it. You love Baker. That's you do love I do, Baker. I do love Baker a little bit more than everyone you else. Think he has that dog. AJ Brown not practicing again today. Jalen Hurts still not throwing a football. I don't know. I just coordinators stink. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White. Like cocky I, head coach magic. Jeremy. Cocky I head like coach. Those guys. I, I think I saw I, a report that Sirianni exactly. might be on the hot seat. I, I would think, love for that Jabroni to get fired. I think it's Belichick to the Eagles. That would I would love that. That would be He'd such love a that great storyline. Boy, yeah. would he love that defense. Get Josh so, McDaniels in there to coach up that offense. Oh god! <laughs> Holy cow! He's not terrible as an OC. Like he's an awful, awful head coach, but he's he's decent as an OC. Yeah, I don't. I can't explain it, but I, I like every single dog this week to at least cover. Yeah, well, right, we, so Jeremy, you and away. I were on board with Philly. Yeah, do you want to play it? How strong do you feel about it? I mean, I think we got to respect Joe being against it, so we can't go too high. 25? Okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Cool. Yeah. I don't, stay away from total? To- yeah, I don't yeah. want to play Yeah, it. I don't yeah. like the total. I don't like yep. the total there either. All right, so we're not playing anything in the Texans-Browns game out of respect to the Texans. We're playing the under on Kansas City-Miami at 43-and-a-half. We're playing Pittsburgh plus 10 against Buffalo. Uh, we're avoiding the Dallas Green Bay game altogether. We're taking the Rams plus three at forty bucks. We're taking the under at fifty-one and a half for twenty, and we're taking the Eagles minus three for twenty-five dollars. That is BZ money. Let's all right, go. don't don't over and do not underreact to all this arbitration stuff that you're stealing. It makes people that follow the Astros that don't really understand arbitration. It makes them say some silly things. So do not over, do not underreact to this arbitration stuff. We'll discuss what I mean next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. A lot of arbitration stuff happening yesterday in baseball. Arbitration stuff makes people say some silly things. I remember when the Baytown batty, George Springer, and the Astros agreed to a one-year deal to avoid arbitration. He acted like the Astros had locked him up to a long-term deal and led the radio show with it. Uh, we saw people freaking out last year. What was the difference in the Kyle Tucker money with the Astros a year ago? I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a million or two million dollars. Wasn't that where they thought he, Kyle got his feelings hurt? 
Yeah, I think it was. I think it was somewhere between one and two million. Like that's right. I think it was like one and a half, maybe two million. Everybody's like, "Whoa, look at the cheap Astros and Jim Crane. What a jerk! He's not giving Kyle Tucker two million dollars, and this is terrible. It means Tucker won't be here long term." When, quite frankly, it's the business and avoiding two million dollars for Kyle Tucker. Which, by the way, the arbitration was won by the Astros. The arbiter agreed with the Astros in that Kyle Tucker case. By the way, let's let's keep that in mind. People forget that, but it's also because of the way arbitration works that if he got two more million dollars last year he's probably going to get like five more million dollars this year and then in his final year of arbitration it's like seven to eight million dollars so like the diff i remember like these math wizards like it's way above my head but they they would say that the difference in that two million dollars last year over the life of the final three years that kyle tucker's with the strohs is like 12 million dollars mm-hmm. so you have all these people well crane doesn't want to sign people in free agency well, if he saves $12 million overall in the last three years of Kyle Tucker, maybe he can in the future. But everybody, you know, hot take, you know, Astros are terrible. Well, Kyle Tucker actually agreed to the arbitration number for the Astros. They avoided arbitration because they came to terms on a one-year deal. So all those hurt feelings, eh, they still hurt feelings. And I would also... I would also tell all of you to temper your expectations. Just because they agreed on this one-year deal for this season doesn't mean that the relationship is like, you know, rainbows and sunshine and all of this stuff. It is zero influence, in my opinion. It has zero correlation with a long-term extension being done with Kyle Tucker and the Houston Astros. Yeah, look, when, when I heard about it, I was happy. I was happy because it didn't go to arbitration. They were able to settle it outside, which meant there was good communication and they're on the same page. But it's just like for everything that you lost a year ago, it seems like no harm, no foul. They got it done this year and you're just happy. Hey, got them at a reasonable price. That's great. Let's go. Uh, They wrapped up everybody but one guy. Dubon's actually going to probably see it through the process. But other than that, what I took away is, yeah, you got them at a a reasonable price for this coming year. You still have to have a really tough discussion or discussions trying to figure out if there's any way to keep him here long term and how long because you know at some point he's going to want the bag. He's going to want extra years you're probably not going to want to pay. And I really believe that at the end of the day, they're never going to work something out long-term with him. But this was a good sign for this season. Well, I don't think it's a good sign or a bad sign, period. I think it's a net zero. I don't think it matters at all. Just like last year, whenever they didn't come to terms, it had zero influence on Kyle Tucker signing a long-term deal with the Astros. It's the same thing this year. Just because they agreed to a one-year term, it still has zero influence on Kyle Tucker and the Astros signing a long-term deal. People think that like because they avoid arbitration or they go to arbitration, that they're these hard feelings that can never be worked out between player and organization, when in reality, it has zero influence on that player signing a long-term deal with that team. Because the number is always the number. The Astros, if they missed out on, if they didn't, like last year they went to arbitration with Tucker. If they went to arbitration again with Tucker this year, and then again next year, but then they gave him a $300 million deal, what is Kyle Tucker going to do? He's going to sign it. He's going to sign it. Arbitration has zero influence on long-term extensions. This is similar to the Grenard conversation in in, in a way yesterday, and I don't want to go that deep into it. The the big thing to me is everybody's different. There are certain guys that get their feelings hurt. There's been mentions in the past. They get their feelings hurt, but you know how they get those feelings satisfied? Big contracts that they want. I get it, but what I'm saying, too, is, is the fact that just like we said when it gets down to if they eventually get to free agency and it's between the team that they had hard feelings for in arbitration and another team making the same offer now there's a chance that it can hurt you if you really truly want the guy back because he may still remember that enough to want to get out I I get it you're right the number the number is going to be the number and look there's a lot of guys that just say as long as you pay me what I feel like I'm worth 
that's fine. All can be forgotten. And some guys, you know, it's still going to linger with them. It's going to piss them off. Strowman's gotten pissed in the past. Corbin Burns has gotten pissed in the past. It, it just, I think everybody's no, I think different. Get, I think they get mad. I'm not saying they don't get mad. I'm saying they get satisfied the moment that the team gives them the money that they want. I'm just saying if it comes down to that team and another team, then at the end of the day when they get to free agency, that could be a difference maker. Well, I'm talking about before they ever enter free agency. If Corbin Burns was demanding $300 million to re-sign with the Brewers before he ever entered free agency and he's mad at the Brewers, but Brewers gave him that contract, do you think he signs it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, we, yeah, we, it has we, zero agree. correlation. No, we agree that the money's there, but if I think Corbin Burns was also also would be more likely to say, I'm going to test the market because if he, if he truly was... Because his, the Brewers aren't going to give him his demand. Well, but it's also because if he was as butthurt as he said he was and, and he actually went out publicly multiple times to say he was, that I think that... You know, the Brewers can try and mend the fence by doing that, and then it's up to him to say, okay, I'd rather do that than go and test the market and see if I can't get more or be able to walk away. So last year you had everybody mad at uh, the Astros for not uh, coming to terms with Kyle Tucker and went to arbitration, and the arbiter ruled in favor of the Astros, which is always a fact that gets lost. Like, people never talk about that, that the arbiter actually said that the Astros were right in that and that Kyle Tucker was not. This year they come to the terms on the, the one-year deal. They did it with six of their seven players. Uh, Brian Abreu, they got him They uh, for the one year. They avoided arbitration with him, which is always kind of good because you don't have like these – they're not saying bad things about each other, which I, 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 I rather avoid arbitration if you can. I don't think it has anything to do with long-term extensions, but I'd rather avoid it if I can. They agreed to the one-year deal with Luis Garcia – uh, they agreed to terms with Chaz McCormick. We mentioned Kyle Tucker. They also agreed to terms with Jose Arquiti. They agreed to terms with Framber Valdez. The only one they did not was Mauricio Dubon. Uh, they offered him three. Mauricio wants three and a half, so it sounds like that will go to the arbiter. They can agree to terms before it reaches arbitration. Like this deadline's kind of like this soft deadline, so maybe they can. I don't know. Another takeaway is this is the first year we've seen Dana Brown as a general manager of any team in his, in his entire life, but you know, as it relates to us, the Houston Astros, because he came in after this last year. Looks like Dana Brown likes to avoid arbitration. Like, he got six of seven done. Like, I kind of like that from Dana Brown. I do, too. I, I do, too, because, like, you know, like you said, I, I just would rather avoid any kind of a, a, a squabble and a back and forth if you can. And, and you know, you, you kind of have a more peaceful existence if you can say, this is what you want, this is where we're at, let's get it done, okay, let's get it done, we move forward, no harm, no foul, everybody's happy at the end of the day. That's what you'd love, kumbaya across the board. Dubon, this is one of those deals where he had one hell of a year, and you don't know how many of these kind of years he's ever going to put together. So it obviously means a lot more for him, and he deserves to try and get at whatever extra he can get. So I get it from his perspective. I mean, if they can meet it three and a quarter, three and a quarter, would you do it? I would do it because he's got he's still got the same kind of value. I don't know if he could do the same kind of offensive numbers again. Well, you mean you you're trying to get it down to three because you know he's got arbitration years coming up too. Long term, it could save you like upwards of ten million dollars. Uh, so it's like the big picture play. I don't care about avoiding arbitration for feelings. Couldn't care less about a player's feelings being hurt. Like they're professionals, go produce. And I've never really seen even the mad players. Like most mad players still produce pretty well because they're trying Betting to get paid. Yeah. They're trying to get paid. So like I don't think that there's any sort of negative correlation by going to arbitration and even making people mad. 
the reason that I like it is because it gives you a fixed number. Like, it lets you know how much money you have to operate with. It lets you know how much money you have under or over the competitive balance tax. Because if you don't come to terms, then you're still, like, in this position of uncertainty with the payroll because you don't know what the arbiter is going to say, if he's going to rule in favor of you or he's going to rule in favor of the, of, of the player. So I like avoiding arbitration because it gives you a fixed number. It lets you know what you have to work with, and it lets you know sooner rather than later. That, that to me, is the benefit. Yeah, I think that he's going to push for it. Like I said, I think he, he knows this is a chance that he I'm might not get again. I was talking about the six of the seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just talking specifically about Dubon because I was going to say, just first blush, you think Dubon can put up those kind of numbers again this year? Yeah, but he really – like, the way the arbitration works, though, like, he's going to get a raise even if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 weighted to where if – like, based on how you – like, where you are in those six years. Like, it's not going to go backwards. It always goes up even if you don't produce well. Yeah, but I, I think that when, when you're looking at it, I, I think he peaked out offensively what he did this last year. You love having him on the team, and I'm with you. I hope they, I hope they can find a way to figure it out before it legitimately goes through arbitration. All right, 713-780-ESPN-HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Everybody's favorite game, who said it? Joe gives to us quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities throughout the week, and then we guess who said it. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Daisy Dips because Daisy Dips could be a hero for you this weekend. We know there's big games, but what about a big spread? Are you having people over to the house? Are you trying to take care of people and entertain while you watch the big game? As good as the game is, everybody expects the eats to be equally as good. If you want the eats to be as good, serve some Daisy Dips because it saves you so much time and energy. Daisy makes the dips for you. You don't have to get the right combination and mix and the secret ingredients with the sour cream and the soup mix and all the spices, whether it's ranch or it's French onion. They've got it taken care of for you. All you've got to do is go to your local grocery store and get a couple of containers of Daisy dips. Like I mentioned, it's ranch, it's French onion. They're perfect. You can use them on wings and pizza and veggie dips and, of course, your favorite chips. That's where it's recommended more than anything else because they are delicious. Everybody's going to rave about the dips. You're going to love the fact that you didn't have to spend a lot of time making them. You just went and bought them at your grocery store. You served them up. The taste is amazing. It's addictive. People won't be able to stop eating it, and they're going to love you for serving it. So check them out today. Go get you some Daisy Dips. You are going to love it. Your guests are, too. It's now time for the mega producer, Joe George, to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumper in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with who said it. Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. It's everybody's favorite game. Joe George tries to stump us. Joey, I think you're on a hot streak, aren't you? On a little bit of a heater in this so game? That was Brian last week. Yeah, Brian won last week. We've been owning Joe. So Brian won last week, and then we've beaten you last couple? Or? I, I think I think that's correct. All right. I don't good. think I've – I'm not – I mean, it's early in the year, but I for sure have not won on my own this year. Alex calling – okay. Yeah, it is early in the year. I mean, it's only January 12th. I think this is, this is our second one of the year. Maybe third. Yeah. You only had one of those. I started saying that and realized it's only January Actually, you 12th. wouldn't have had any. Because Brian would have had it on the 5th. You wouldn't have had any. So that's, hey, that's, a, that's a bad take. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're, that's a really bad you're take. right, 100%. But, well, uh, that's not wrong, though. I haven't won this year. Yeah. Don't let the calendar get in the way of a bad streak that you're on. Yeah, I have you, not, have, you have not been hot. I've not won in 2024. Alex calls you Stumpston. 75 Truth calls you Stumpy. All right, let's get started. Read to us the first quote, and then we'll guess them. All right, number one. You've got C.J. Stroud's wiener on your brain too much this week. That's a weird thing to say. I 
think this is Connor and Beard, Jeremy. Okay. I think that they've had some kind of back and forths on like thinking too sexually about either the each other or other other such topics like that come up. What a weird conversation to be having. They had it multiple um, times where it's kind of spun into or why are you still talking about type things with sexual innuendo. They're talking about this beard. I had a friend text me that beard was doing a rap. It shows off the rails. Oh, we're going to play that at some point today. Shows off the rails. Do you know which one of the two it was? I, I, I don't because they both did it to each other. So that's what kind of, that's what kind of is messing with me. I'm, I, I'm, my first, my first guess is my gut feeling is that it's on Connor and Beard. I could be wrong, but so I, <laughs> but I know that they were they had a lot of sexual innuendo talk back and forth accusing each other. Can you read this again, Joe? You've got C.J. Stroud's wiener on your brain too much this week. And Blanker says they've been doing it to each other. This sounds like some weird fraternity hazing between the two. Um, what are you thinking? You thinking Connor? You thinking Beard? I think who uses wiener. Both, like I would, I my money would be a little bit more on Beard than it would Michael, but I could see both of them. I'm with it. you. Let's try it. A right, Beard, alright Beard, Joe. You got CJ Strauss Wiener on your oh on your gosh. brain way too much this week. Dang it, we had it. See, this is like if they did it to each other, like that's some pretty bush league stuff. No, the uh, the conversation was, would you let CJ Stroud sleep with your wife uh, oh to win goodness. a Super Bowl? Yeah, but <laughs> later on in the show, it was uh, I think it was reversed that Beard hit Connor with. You're still talking about. Yeah, no, we're gonna have to go to the tapes because if they both said this, no, no not no, the exact no. quote. Oh, not the exact quote. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, not intentionally. Yeah, I think you would do that with your fixing of things. All right, All right number right, two. Number two. Without these esteemed journalists, how would we know that a robot revolution is on our hands and that he plans to terminate them permanently? This sounds like a Paul thing. <laughs> like Paul's, it could be beard too, though. Ooh, I think it's Paul or Beard. We know. I'm with you on the fact that it, it's definitely one of those two. And, and it, again, first blush, it's Paul. But that's hey, just kind of the way Paul again. talks. You're going to need it again, yeah. Without those esteemed journalists, how would we know that a robot revolution is on our hands and that he plans to terminate them permanently? You know what I think is the kicker here is the word esteemed. Could it be, could it be news of the weird? Yeah. I just, the minute that I was thinking, well, where did this come up? What's the context? Well, I mean, Paul could literally talk about this for two hours. True, very, but no argument here. <laughs> like he very, very true. For that, I think the word "esteemed" is what is what makes me lean Paul, though, because I could see, I could see Josh saying this, but I don't think Josh would use the word "esteemed" the way that Paul used that word "esteemed." I think it's Paul. See, I think the only caveat that I have is is that Lance would use "esteemed," and Lance would get this from John would throw it at him, and then Lance would respond yeah. to it. One more time, please. Sorry. Without those esteemed journalists, how would we know that a robot revolution is on our hands and that he plans to he plans to terminate them permanently? See, I I think that Joe would kind of like play into my thought of Paul here, Blankers. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning more your side now on Lance. Okay, you want to go with it? Let's go with it. Lance is our line. Without those esteemed journalists, how would we know that a robot revolution is on our hands? Dang! And that he plans to. I got talked out of it. So we were right there on both of them. Uh, that sucks. I can't believe you guys left Paul on that one. To I be was honest. with Jeremy too that you might lead us down that path because it was too obvious. Man, All right, I number was, three. I'm so mad at myself. 
I mean, D'Amico is the North Star, not just the play caller. <laughs> D'Amico is the North Star, not just a play caller. Okay, so they're talking about, I guess, being a head coach and all that stuff. I think this is from the morning show. Okay. I kind of lean. I got no feeling on this one. Again, Joe, please. I mean, D'Amico is the North Star, not just the play caller. I don't know. This could be like one of those Granado. I I could see Johnny saying it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Yeah, I could see him saying that because just like the... uh, he can, he can embellish a little bit. Go look at the ESPN predictions. Um, yeah, I'm, Super Bowl bound 15-2. and two. <laughs> Best team ever. Uh, you want to go Granado? Sure. All right, Granado. I mean, D'Amico is the, is the North yeah. Star. Not, We're not in the ballpark ball. on all three and get shut out. Super. We've been <laughs> Curve right there every time. <laughs> it's been runner-up every time, all three. Well, so Joe's annoying. clinched it. Yeah, yeah, so we might as well just roll. What a victory. All right, number four. finally got a dub. I needed it. Um, I'll be honest. I'm sort of dubious on the guy that doesn't make the college football playoff being drafted ever, especially after Mitchell Trubisky. What? Say that again? I'll be honest. I'm sort of dubious on the guy that doesn't make the college football playoff being drafted ever, especially after Mitchell Trubisky. Dubious. I don't think it's the bench. No. I don't think it'd be Paul. I think it's Beard. You think it's Beard with Dubious? Yeah. Okay, let's go with it. Josh Beard. I'll be honest. I'm sort of dubious on the guy that doesn't make it to the college football playoff being drafted ever, especially after Mitchell Trubisky. good. I didn't realize how much Beard was going to complicate Paul. Yeah, he does. He kind of does. He used to make... Paul used to be so easy. Beard is like really... Beard's a counter to Paul. So what was his take there? I'm trying to understand. That he doesn't... That he wouldn't draft a quarterback? That he doesn't know anything about college football quarterbacks unless they make the college football playoff. Oh, okay. Right. And he was, he was saying he's glad he doesn't have to worry about trying to pretend like he knows who these guys are, <laughs> that the Texans are going to draft. Yeah, I, I'm right there with him on that. All right, last one. I didn't realize Lance had that in him. Lance got that dog in him. Could this possibly be Lance? <laughs> <laughs> As his way he's trying to throw the sin off, it's really Lance. Well, again, I think Connor and Beard kind of have a running that dog in them. But oh, do I, they? Yeah, I'm just man. I'm not happy. We were I've so melded, close. I've on, melted in already. Me too. Because we can't after, win. Yeah, I know. I melted in after the third one. Um, you have a feeling on this? Let's just go Lance because I would hate for him to be right with it being Lance. You know what I mean? I don't, you think Lance says it about no, Lance? No, I don't. But I don't want to be wrong when it actually is Lance. And I'm telling you, if I'm going to be wrong, I want to be wrong with somebody else and not Lance. I don't want Joe to put the carrot of Lance has that dog in him, and then it's actually Lance because that's going to put a huge smile on his face. I don't care if we get this one right. I don't want to be wrong on that front. He already has a huge smile on his face. But it's probably Lance. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't, But I don't want to be wrong in that way. Okay, so then can I just choose it and then you won't I'm, be wrong yeah, on well, it? Who cares? We've lost this point. Right. I'm picking Lance. Who okay. are you picking? Um, one more time, Joe, please. I didn't realize Lance had that in him. Lance got that dog in him. Beard. All right. I didn't realize Lance had that in him. Lance, oh, Lance got going. that dog in him. Here we go. We got one. 
<laughs> shut out. We got well, God. we got like half of one. I guess. I guess that's a half point. Yeah, Oof. I didn't want to be wrong with Lance. Likely. I'm cool with that. Way to go, Joe! Congratulations, yes. Joe! Way to go! That's uh, you're rel- you finally got back on the board. First one of the year. Now you're undefeated on the year too. All right, that's who said it. Congratulations, Joe George. He fixed it in his own way. I know that he did. Uh, he's always fixing things. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this yesterday, but Cal McNair, Hannah McNair. We're very comfortable with people calling them the owners of the team, by the way. Uh, They're making the media rounds. Good PR? Why was there good PR this week? Let's listen to what they had to say. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees. Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. And 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees. ESPN 97.5. ESPN 92.5. Mean text coming up in, a, in an hour. All the mean things you said through us throughout the week concludes our show each and every week. So still plenty of time to say mean things to us. Uh, 713-780-3776. Um, Hannah and Cal McNair are making the media rounds. Go figure, right? Uh, they went on the highway to hell. They were on with uh, Randy McAvoy. They did a little sit-down interview with him. That's the video that I watched that we're going to hear a little bit from uh, here in a second, courtesy of KPRC Channel 2. Um, why in the world would uh, Cal and Hannah be making the media rounds today? Do you think it's because they're in the playoffs, or do you think it might be something else? Well, I, I mean, I, I, and I'm not going to steal your thunder. I, I know I, where I think you're going because you met, alluded to it earlier in the show. I think if I mean, you're – I flat out said it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think from the organizational standpoint – it's trying to capitalize at, on as much goodwill as you can. We know this has been the resurrection tour all year for the for the ownership group and for the organization, period. And when you know that everybody has just been so geeked up and, and excited about the Texans winning last week, how they won, the reactions after they won, and now getting a home playoff game and ended up winning the division – that it's in their best interest to do exactly. We used to do it all the time with the Rockets as much as possible just because you just never know when it's going to come again. I think that part of it is, hey, you strike while the iron's hot. If everybody loves you right now as much as they've hated you the last several years, you try and do everything you can to keep the ride going. Sure, but if, if everybody loves you and you have nothing to like come out and defend or say, you don't need to do that. Like You could easily just uh, not say anything all week and everybody loves you. Everybody's really happy with you, uh, and you, you really – it's not necessary. It's well, but, not necessary at all. Like, you've sold out. Like but that was, good, that's where I was going, too. Are riding well. Like you, no, I mean, they talked about how they already sold out. Right. Like, they, they, they finally talked about it, but I think a lot of this, this gets scheduled before the, the, or before the week starts. And I think I saw plenty of commercials being run throughout the first couple days of the week encouraging people to buy tickets for the playoff game with a home playoff game coming up. So yeah. there, I think there were – whether it was buys or trades, I know that the commercials were out early. I think that they haven't been selling tickets the way they used to where they didn't have to worry about these kind of things. And I think if we're just having it for the sake of the discussion, I think that part of it could be, too, that they want everybody to buy every single ticket and make sure they don't have anything to worry about. Okay, like you're right, they could be booked and scheduled beforehand, but they did sell out before they did these interviews. Okay. Uh, that that is a fact. Like that is that is mm-hmm. true. I think that they're trying to play out this little court stuff in public. Like like you you said the word goodwill. Like they're trying to look for goodwill. I agree with you. I think they're looking for goodwill because of what happened earlier this week. I think that they're trying. I think they have a really good marketing team. I think that they hired a really good marketing team. 
uh, within the last, I don't know when they would have hired him, uh, I guess over a year ago, because it's been a complete turnaround on how they act. Like Hannah's more in the forefront. Uh, Cal's leaning into his cool cat, Countess. Like there's a little bit more, like, how would I say it, exposure when it comes to, like, their content team. Like I think they're doing a good job. Like I'm not being critical at all. I think they're doing a really good job to completely make over, like, this organization. It's 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 been quite the turnaround even from that front, like the attention, the PR, the marketing team, all of that. But we had the news earlier in the week that Kerry McNair has filed a lawsuit against Janice and Cal, all of these things, trying to basically get control of the Houston Texans because he's claiming that Janice is not in good health. So all of a sudden, Hannah and Cal later in the week come out looking for goodwill and being sweet and fun and, hey, we're a playoff team. Things are going great in this organization. I think they're trying to play it out in public. In fact, in fact, there was never a question about the lawsuit. And I don't know where you're at on Blankers or where you're at on this Blankers, but if I were interviewing Cal and Hannah, Mc, Hannah McNair for any period of time, that would have been a question I asked them. Sure, if you're doing your journalistic job, if you are supposed to be the voice of the people, if you are supposed to be, you know, the inquire the 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 spokesperson, the mouthpiece for the inquiring minds that want to know, you should ask that question, right? And and part of this could be again where in my experiences, you can come in and say, yeah, I'm going to come on your show. Do you want us to be on your show? However, stick to these questions or ask us this. Some journalists say, yeah, okay. And then the minute the lights go on and the camera's on, you know, a free-for-all can happen because you're not going to do that. You're not going to be a puppet. And you'll uh, never get them again. You'll right. Never get them again. Others can be bought off, for, for lack of a better term, but others buy in because they think it's such a great get, not realizing that, hey, everybody's getting them. I think you and I had this conversation the other day, and I said, look, if you heard what D'Amico said, if you heard what CJ said, they were both unsolicited. Don't put it past the organization that, to your point, if there is something internally brewing, and look, it's also intelligent for them to do this. Sure. Be, you know, to just to make sure that you can slam dunk this as much as possible and get everybody on your side that needs to be, that some of those people that you're talking about, we had a business communications people, in my experience, in two different organizations. That business comp person could come in and say, hey, you're going to be meeting the media today. Could you slip in a few kind words about ownership? We're dealing with some other crap right now. Or questions that you're not going to ask. Because, uh, like, Both. Highway, like that, yeah, I completely agree. Like, Highway to Hell is not going to ask Hannah and Cal Correct. Uh, about the lawsuit that's going on and the, the envelope that's being covered up. If he came on our station, you're darn right he yep. would be asked that. Hey, Cal, what you can you tell us about this lawsuit? He'd probably, he'd probably lawyer give you a lawyer answer. Well, it's in litigation, all this stuff. We can't really talk about it. Cool. At least I asked. Uh, and I, I don't think that if you're a local channel, you can do it either because now you're jeopardizing ever getting ownership on again. So not only that, Jeremy, but think about this. 13's got specialized Texans programming involving yeah, well, Texans people. Two. So it is two. So I'm saying they've that's been a, that don't think that wasn't premeditated when they made some of these deals with the local TV stations because they know they can hold does that over have, these guys' does head. Does two have paid content? What's that? Does Channel Two have paid? They Texans have a one-on-one -on -one with the head coach every Sunday morning at eight thirty. Yeah, I don't think that's the paid programming though. Like Channel Thirteen has though. not not to that extent, but it still yeah. it still matters because sure. this is the kind of thing that they can say they can pull the rug out and say, well, yeah. now you don't get D'Amico. But they're not paying for that time. Like like they're, pay they're probably I think they're playing or paying or have some sort of trade deal with with Thirteen to get that time. Same thing as with Highway to Hell. I think I think Two might be paying for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I think the Texans are paying for their time on 13, and if they're not paying, they have some sort of trade deal with content. I think it and involves the, the preseason games. I think there's right, like, but that's yeah. not Channel 2. That's Channel 13. Right. I'm, the, I'm saying from a 13 perspective. Right. Yeah, we're saying the same thing about Channel 13. The 
so anyways, the, the Cal and Hannah going to the media tour, like somebody said, well, they're trying to sell season tickets. I, like, I think that I think D'Amico sells tickets. I think C.J. Stroud sells the tickets. I think Hannah and Cal doing this media tour with the flagship and Channel 2 isn't necessarily selling season tickets. I think they're trying to garner goodwill in this whole lawsuit stuff. In fact, like I said, as I was getting to, they were never asked a question about the lawsuit. They were never asked a question about Janice McNair. But Hannah, with the interview with McAvoy on Channel 2, went out of her way to bring up Janice McNair not once, but twice. So my theory, they're doing this media rounds. They're trying to make goodwill. They're trying to paint themselves and Janice in good light. Here was the first one where Hannah's, uh, Hannah brings up Janice. Got your guy in D'Amico. We've got a lot of young players. We've got a bright future. Um, for a really long time, as, mm-hmm. as Grammy put it when she talked to D'Amico when he was hired, we're going to be celebrating a lot of championships together. So I think that that's just what we feel, and I think the yeah. community feels it. And it's exciting. Out of her way, and not only like out of her way to mention her, but like a nickname. Like a nickname. Like that's trying to, I think, curry favor. Like, hey, like we're soft, we're sweet. These are all outstanding people. Like this is a calculated move. Like this is what your PR, your marketing team, your lawyer would be telling you to do. Like because what is Kerry saying? Kerry's saying that Granny and Janice is not in good health. And then Hannah and Cal the very same week are telling you how great Grammy is. Not only that, Jeremy, it's not just the health. It was almost her incompetence mentally to be able to continue to function. So so therefore there's no doubt. That was a calculated comment to say Granny was there to hire D'Amico. And- out of the way to say it. Yep. She wasn't even asked. Yep. She went out of the way yep. to say it. Here was another one. Uh, Randy asked about like the Andre Johnson and the Texans ambassadors, and Cal Han- answered it first, and then Hannah had the follow-up answer. Things the world. It is family. I mean, so Janice is here at every game, yep. and um, Andre comes to visit with her. Travis Johnson comes to visit with her. I mean, these guys, they love her. They're, she's their mom, you know, <laughs> and so they get to come and visit with her. We are a big family, and yeah. for us to get to continue that feeling on, um, I think that's what it's all about. How obvious is this? How obvious is this? They're playing out that whole little legal thing through the public. Grammy, she was. She loves D'Amico championships. She's at all the games because if her being at all the games, what does it tell you? Tells you she's healthy, right? It tells you that she's she's competent. They're and look, I I, they could be right. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm saying what they're doing right now is they're playing a very calculated game of the legal stuff in a public eye. And they've got aside from lawyers, they've got the 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 extra card up their sleeve that Kerry can't have. Yep, because they have the ability not only with their own press conferences with their own employees, but by doing these kind of media tours. And capitalizing on the fact they've got an open mic, they can say whatever they want, it's going to get out there, and it's going to look good for them. This is, uh, and I, I, look, I think it's smart. I think it's real smart. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is like this, uh, like cunning, calculated, they're evil. I'm not saying that at all. So don't twist my words. I'm just saying I see right through it. Like, I, I see right through it. Like, this is a legal play. This is a PR play. This is telling all of the people that are out there, because, like, they don't like to do this. Like, Hannah maybe does a little bit, but Cal doesn't like to be on camera. Cal doesn't like to be on air. We know this. They were told to. They were told to, hey, this stuff came out early in the week where, you know, 
it, the oldest, I don't know if Carrie's older or not, but one of the McNair boys, Carrie, is putting Janice's health in question, saying that she might not be competent. And then Hannah and Cal say, well, we got to react. The lawyers of Hannah and Cal, we have to react. How to react? Let's go behind the microphone. Let's go behind the, the camera. Let's tell these Janice stories without being really asked about Janice. Let's go out of our way to tell them. The players love her. Grammy met with D'Amico. We're going to win titles. I'm just saying that I see right through it. Oh. It's, it's very clear what they're doing. It's a savvy negotiation tactic. It, it, it is it is a way that you can play something out in court without playing it in the actual courtroom. And, you know, good on them for being able to do it. I mean, you should capitalize on every resource. And it is. I mean, if you're in the same situation, I think you would do the same thing. I know I would. If I have the ability to try and get the court of public opinion on my side and use every resource that I have to try and get this thing done sooner rather than later and have it land in our favor – more power to them because I think more like we talked about earlier this week, as much as the entire table has been turned 180 degrees and people went from sell the team and it's got to change to you don't know what you don't know. And if you think that, you know, that, that they've turned it around, it's a hell of a lot better knowing what you know about Cal and now Hannah than it is knowing that Carrie might go completely off the deep end the other way. And now your ownership might be in flux. Maybe you're, you know, be, being here might be in flux. You never know, but you don't want to deal with it. It's not uncommon either. Like if you, if it's a high profile case and like you're a name like that register, like resonates in the city, that you play it out publicly. Like that, that's something that that attorneys do all the time. Uh, you play out these things publicly. You try to curry favor with, you know, there's not going to be a jury here for probate court stuff, uh, but it's to get the goodwill of the city and get them on your side. You know, get the the positive marketing, the positive PR. Uh, just uh, just pretty fascinating with this whole. I- I'm intrigued by this entire story that you have Carrie that's you know suing basically to try to uh, garner the the control of the club, the control of the team. Uh, Cal and Hannah are saying no, we don't want that. Cal has went as far to try to like put a, another claim in that they can't open up the the documents, which is all you know technicalities and things like that. But uh, it's a wild story. Eight eight zero seven need Texans hard knocks secession immediately. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great to have a hard knocks next year with the Texans and you still have like the stuff with Kerry and Cal <laughs> yeah, going only on? If, be musty TV. Only the Texans are going to go to court on that one too. If they don't want the envelope or the, the document unsealed, they ain't doing that. They, I don't know who qualifies or no, not. No, te- once knocks. you make the playoffs, you are not eligible. Well, it takes be, off everybody. Uh, yeah, anyone that made the playoffs in the last two years or has a new head coach is not eligible. Isn't it unless? You can volunteer, though, right? You can volunteer, yes. Yeah, I was going to say you can volunteer and or if there aren't enough viable candidates with some of the other, that, that then they can go back into that pool of players. Yes, yeah. but it's never yeah, happened. I yeah, it'd be hard to do that, I guess. Uh, but, Kerry, if you're listening, Cal and Hannah, I think they one-upped you by making the media rounds yesterday. You're always welcome to come on the show, Kerry. Tell us your side of the story. The invitation's there. 713-780-3776, HRP listener line. All right, that's Fear Factor. What's our Fear Factor for some of the key contributors for the Browns? That defense, Flacco, Amari, Njoku. Where do you stand on the fear for all of them? 713-780-3776, Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.